0: They want to stand there and throw up fours, like they can step up to us I'll put, I'll put my team against any other team any day of the week.
1: good morning afternoon or evening listener welcome to another episode of women love wrestling four horse women every week on four horse women we are joined by a special guest and they reveal their personal four horse women these are their greatest of all time picked from the history of the sport They can combine anyone they want together, any four names, any company, any country, any era. We'll be having a drink with our guests and discussing why these four women mean so much to them. It's a fun 30 or so minutes as we celebrate wrestling goodness. Imagine it's like meeting one of your mates in a bar before you go off to a gig and you're just having a cat talk about something fun. That's what we're hoping you're going to get here. The show is part of the Women Love Wrestling Project head on over to womenlovewrestling.net to find out more about our book and our range of merchandise. Um, all the money we make from the book and the merchandise is going to raise funds for the women's charities Rain and Women's Aid, um, both doing great work to help um, victims of domestic and sexual abuse. We have been endorsed by the likes of Mick Foley and Nyla Rose, and you can find out more, as I said, at womenlovewrestling.net. This week I am joined by Emily Fear who is the co-host of the Grit and Glitter podcast which you can find on PWtorch.com, one of the longest running pro wrestling news and analysis sites around. Emily is on there every week with her co-host Harley discussing women's wrestling. Coming up next, her four choices. So Emily, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem at all. Starting off with, I like to ask everyone: Have you got a drink ready for this show?
2: Um, I actually don't because my husband finished the coffee before I was able to get another mug. So I am, I am drinkless, unfortunately.
1: Oh, but you've been caffeinated already, though it sounds like.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I have a, I have a five-month-old, so. <laughs> One of the very first things that I do in the morning is get my cup of coffee and then usually a second within an hour or two later. So, um, yeah, no, very caffeinated, c- could not function without the, the aid of a little bit of caffeine.
1: Oh, at, least, also, at least we got the energy for the show then. That sounds good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're aware there may be a baby crying at some point, but we'll see how it pans out.
2: Yeah, he's doing OK so far. So fingers crossed. He's his... just eight, so cool what's his name i don't uh i don't use his uh his shoot name uh in uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in media so we just we call him tiger that's been his name since before oh, he was yeah. born so that's his like his, that's his like kayfabe work name
1: i like that he has a kayfabe name that's he does yes <laughs> <laughs> it
2: keeps Hold his he keeps his identity protected and i mean i share pictures of him but i so i guess it's kind of not the best thing in the world either but uh as long as I'm keeping his name off for for the foreseeable future until he can consent and then then yeah
1: um we have a little thing like so we have our cat and if my wife posts pictures of her on social media and she has a little collar which has like her name and details my wife will even cover that up just in case someone was to steal our cat and would then know her name and would be able to like get her to respond and she worries about that so that (laughs) it it goes to various levels even with pets never mind babies <laughs> All right, cool. Let's crack on with the show in terms of that's after that silliness. Um, so let's go straight into it. So your four horse women, who is the leader of your group?
2: The leader, and I wanted to think about this in the terms of making it a really functional, cohesive faction. So I wanted to think of who would be a really good faction leader, who would be like your Arn Anderson, who would be your like, your solid, reliable presence who maybe wouldn't be your, like your breakout star, your most flashy, but someone who could just really hold the, hold the group together. And when I think of women who have that kind of presence and who have that kind of like veteran state of mind, um, my, my leader and my first pick was Mercedes Martinez.
1: Mercedes. She's great. Okay. What, where have we gone for Mercedes?
2: Um, I believe that her both her veteran status and the fact that she still works at a high level this far into her career really cre- like creates a dynamic that I I would like to see kind of a through line like you kind of see when we go through this that I have a method to my madness um, that I've kind of designed this to be uh, a force a four horse woman uh, stable that is um, kind of held down by two. Like staunch veterans, Um, but I just I love Marcy. I just love Mercedes. I think that she is so dynamic and flexible in the way that she works in the ring. Um, I think that she could work well. She's definitely going to be your like singles star in this in this faction, but she can also work well as somebody who works with a younger tag team partner. Um, She makes other people, both people she works with and opponents that she's working against, look better. Just look all the more better so in that way she serves really well as both a leader but also as someone who's going to like highlight the other people in her stable
1: i mean i'm a fan i'm looking forward to seeing Mm -hmm. more of her like on i guess the bigger stage it's gonna be interesting how the next year pans out for her it's gonna be very cool to see um i mean we can i don't know if you have any views you're probably hoping she's going to do very well over the next um like year or so but in general like first memories or favorite matches of mercedes
2: I came to Mercedes what? Martinez kind of in a scattered fashion. Um, she has done obviously a lot of work for like Shimmer and Shine. So I've seen matches that she's done for them. Um, and then from there, it's just kind of been my, my first real introduction to her, admittedly, was probably in the second May Young Classic. And that match that she had uh, against Miko Satamora just was like eye opening as far as seeing a WWE product, but like highlighting two women of such, like, laudable status and have long-running careers. And from there, it's just been about tracking down videos and um, shows and matches from earlier in her career to kind of see the trajectory. And the cool thing that you notice with Mercedes Martinez, and I noticed this when I was watching some of the IWA Mid-South stuff that she's done, that she did in the past, um, while she maybe at a certain point was at a peak where she was working faster or working a little bit more, like, her work rate might have been, like, a little, like tighter uh she has more power than ever and she's become a more um wholly competent and um, dynamic performer both in and out of ring so what i really like about seeing that trajectory you know maybe over the last however many years that she's been working is that while she's been really technically proficient and been a really good wrestler like from a wrestling standpoint as a performer she's grown leaps and bounds It's exciting. I mean, I'm not a WWE watcher on the regular. So when she signed with NXT, I was a little disappointed to see her leave the indies. But I also I do kind of like the idea of what she could do in NXT as both in that like really great, admittedly um, awesome women's division, but also as a presence that is not like is not a rookie. She's not a newbie like she she they they. Fully acknowledge the fact that she's been wrestling for a really long time. And so her status in the women's division is a little different than, say, you know, like Dakota Kai or whomever else is in there. Like, they're all kind of still getting their bona fides, whereas Martinez is already, like, certified. She's, you know, they could easily have her dominate that division and very credibly so.
1: Yeah, I think mean, what's to, what I found really funny with her like when she was in the was at the um, what they call it, the pre-show battle royal on AEW. What the um, mm-hmm. I don't know what they call it now; they, they've got a gimmick name for it. But when she was like the last one, she was the the ace or the joker, whatever they go. They do it, you know. She was the last one to come in. Yeah. So I think. And I thought, wow, they're going to do a lot with her. She's going to sign, and she's going to like be someone they build around. And it didn't happen. So I, I don't know what went on there, but to like see what's going. After sort of seeing quite a few of her matches, it just seemed very odd that they yeah they then. Didn't, go with her on that so it's gonna be interesting where she go how it goes next for her yeah I
2: I was disappointed about that because I honestly thought in the early days of AEW what they could use for their women's division is someone who had a strong hand both as a veteran talent but also someone who could help build their women's division from the background as well and that's something that Mercedes could obviously do so it was disappointing to me that they kind of missed out on that or you know maybe she just simply had WWE designs for the whole you know for the long term um, I can't blame her for signing for WWE like make that money girl like she's been yeah. hauling ass for however long she deserves a good paycheck a steady uh, you know a steady good paycheck a steady gig and um, the attention of a of a much more national audience it's just a shame that AEW couldn't really capitalize on that because they certainly they could still could use a strong like female veteran to to anchor that division
1: yeah definitely and I it's not quite it's not completely applicable I remember the like William Regal quote was in the Dan- Daniel Bryan book where it's along the lines of up until now everything you did was wrestling it was art except it's going to be a little bit different now but you're going to make a lot of money <laughs> just but yeah, at some point you like you have to just realize that you need to do that at some point so I mean uh, she's got a
2: family she's got a she's she has built her career up a, and built a reputation around like being the you know being a solid workhorse It it was a long time coming for her to get this shot. And if they do it right, it could be worthy of her. So yeah, yeah I don't begrudge her that it makes a lot of sense.
1: So she's a strong leader. Um, is there a particular like era or like time of her career that you go with? Is it now or is there like an earlier period?
2: Um, I would go with now, honestly, for the, the role that I envision her, I would go with now because, or maybe like within the last like two years. So maybe 2018 to now, um, yeah. because I do see her as a leader with, with veteran experience. I yeah. will get to someone who is a little bit more early on in their career.
1: Yeah, well, let's move through these as well. So, yeah, second pick: who is the right-hand woman in this stable?
2: Okay, so I told, I said that my my four horsewomen were anchored by two veterans, and so my other pick uh, is Sarah Del Rey, who would, I believe, be kind of a. I mean, honestly, in a lot of ways, this she's a she's a co-leader, but if we want to put her in a lieutenant role, I think that 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 serves really well um Sarah is currently working as like the lead trainer um for NXT uh but as a wrestler she is very much responsible for the evolution of women's wrestling in the independent scene specifically
1: so yeah and I feel like I know about Sarah Del Rey. I've heard a lot about her I, I know how well respected she is but I kind of missed her independent run in terms of like really understanding like that part of like the scene so what stands out from those days
2: um well a lot of her work in shimmer um a lot of her work for chakara um tiger driver did a really great playlist of all the free matches or at least a lot of the free matches that you can find on youtube and from there you can see that she did a lot of really good work in the early days of chakara um against Gets a lot of great visiting talent. There's a fantastic match between her and at that time Kana, now now Asuka, um, which is highly worth seeing. There's a great tag match where w- she's in against Manami Toyota during like Benami Toyota's like brief like return after like before retiring. Um, so that's a really good place to start is just finding that playlist. Uh, but I would say anything that she did for Shimmer in like 2007, she's got a run of matches against uh, Lacey in um, 2007. Uh, she has a couple of great matches with Mercedes Martinez from 2005 and 2006. Um, yeah, she's done some really great intergender work uh, through Chikara and other promotions. So, yeah, I would say anything that you can find of hers from 2007 on, 2007
1: to 2012. And I think a lot of that is available on YouTube or you can you can get it over on Shimmer. So it's, she's crazy to find her work. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, she's
2: out there. Um, I think part of the great thing about having stuff with Shakara is that Shakara always was really kind of ahead of the curve as far as making matches available on YouTube for viewing. So um, whatever people's current feelings about the promotion are, um, there are a lot of really good things in the back catalog to to visit if you haven't seen them. Um, so yeah, but she's out there, and because she was working back then, like a lot of that stuff doesn't isn't as under strict copyright, so it's a lot easier to find on on video sharing sites.
1: Um she sounds like a good choice. So you've got two strong vets here. Um is there a particular like just any one moment all in Sarah Del Ray's career, or is it just her overall work that stands out here?
2: Um I guess that's a kind of a combination of answer there. Uh, I would say overall work, but particularly I'm really interested in the idea of having somebody in a stable who also has an active training background, which she now currently has. Um if I'm playing with timing here, I'm probably using the Sarah Delray from like twenty twelve and not the Sarah Del Ray from right now. Um, but I do like the fact that she has segued her career to a behind the scenes role and is nurturing and training and enhancing uh, like talent that is coming up because ultimately I feel like for a staple to work, you need kind of two very, you need like one or two very capable people who are going to like, to aid and, um, help evolve the people that they're working with. And so for me, I was especially drawn to her given the fact that she just, she, she does that as part of her profession. She has segued her from in-ring to to back, like backstage to outside of the ring to to training and to to bringing up new talent.
1: Yeah, I think so like I, said, I don't know so much about her, uh, her actual like in-ring run, but knowing what she's doing now. And I know a lot of that they bring in a lot of really good women's talent to NXT like be it Mercedes Martinez has been an example, they already had a big career. But even the people they bring in that aren't as established, how amazing that women's division is these days. It's it's just beautiful to watch any one of those matches and she's clearly got fingerprints on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at the NXT division right now, the women's division in NXT, and if you look at Sarah Del Rey, if you go into, like, a cage match and you look through her matches, you see a roadmap to what the NXT women's division is. Basically, they just, like, you could see someone being like, okay, well, who are we going to sign this year? Let's look at who Sarah Del Rey was competing against, you know, seven or eight years ago. Because, and, and clearly, she might have a hand in that recruitment, too, because some of the really great standout matches that she's had in her career, these are people she's currently working with in NXT. People like Mia Yim, people like Mercedes Martinez, Um, not to mention the fact that she's worked with any number of people who who went on to bigger, you know, to 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 start them in other areas, too. So, yeah, I mean, you just you see in her past, you see the development of independent women's wrestling, but you also see how we get a division like WWE's NXT's women's division. Like you see how this was kind of built on the back of her career.
1: Yeah, no argument there. So, the first two picks, we are building this this faction of yours on um, two. I guess we call them the independent wrestling legends, really, in terms of the women's scene. Both amazing careers, both really sort of helping to raise things up. We've got two more picks to come from you after we have a short break. I'm interested where this is going to go.
0: The following announcement has been paid for by Women Love Wrestling. The women in my life love wrestling in so many ways. Women love wrestling. Women love refereeing wrestling matches. Women love announcing wrestling shows. Women love photographing wrestling. Women love filming wrestling. Women love creating costumes for wrestlers and doing the hair and makeup of wrestlers. Women love writing articles about wrestling. Women love writing fan fiction about wrestling. Women love creating fan art based on wrestling. Women love wrestling. And that's the basis of an anthology that's being created full of stories of women who are part of the wrestling world. You can check out all the details on womenloverwrestling.net And proceeds from purchases of the anthology are going to support uh, charities like Women's Aid. So please go check it out. They also have a rad t-shirt which features me on it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, But yeah, women do love wrestling and it's important that the world knows.
1: So that was Rhea O'Reilly there telling everyone to check out the book. So plug in the book and other things. Emily, what would you like to plug?
2: Um, I am the co-host of a women's wrestling podcast for the PW Torch, one of the longest running um, wrestling journalistic or journalism outlets that is out there. Um, we run a daily, a weekly podcast, usually comes out late Tuesday or early Wednesday, called Grit and Glitter, where we cover the world of women's wrestling and the world of women in wrestling and, other, and people of other marginalized genders. So we do a lot of um, weekly topics about everything that you're not necessarily used to hearing covered. In the world of wrestling. And uh, while well, we don't have our own Twitter for the podcast, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Forked P-G-H, ForkedPGH, F O R K E D PGH, and my co host Harley R. Padgett at uh, Your Echo Heart. Um, and yeah, we, that's where we share it. And you can also follow the PW Torch, and that's where you can find the podcast as well.
1: Yeah, so I fully endorse the podcast. A particular favorite episode was finding someone who agreed with me about not liking the Page movie, Fighting with my cat. <laughs> Because all my friends seem to think it was a nice little lighthearted movie, and I hate it with a passion <laughs> for similar reasons to what you guys talked about on the podcast. But just well, annoyed think, me with. It.
2: Well, I think I even said this on the show, but like I actually went to see the Page movie in theaters, and I was like one of two people in the theater to see it because it had been out for a couple of weeks, and it was like the middle of a weekday. And um, and I actually thought I liked it after I watched it, and then when I revisited it to to discuss it for the podcast. I just realized what a mess the movie is, how how odd and um, kind of this weird like hodgepodge of of real history mixed with kayfabe history mixed with completely just like made up like non existent things that they just threw in there for for fun. And wow. uh, Yeah, super, super super weird movie. Super mess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you then so that, yeah, but you also have like various other topics covered. It's not just a movie show that's the one. But I just remember, yeah. but every week there's a lot of discussion about what's been going on in the world of women's wrestling, and you've had some great guests on as well.
2: Yes, I really recommend. Um, while while they are not a not a woman, I highly recommend a recent episode that we did with the wrestler Effie. The interview just uh, he started going he started talking the minute we. We contacted him and he did not stop. And it's a fantastic interview. Um, Maybe one of my favorites that we've ever done. We also recently did an interview with Bree Montoya, who is a ref for 321 Battle, as well as other um, West Coast promotions. And that was a lot of fun, too, because it's always interesting to talk to a referee about how how that job in wrestling works and what it's like to be to be a female stepping into that authority role. So.
1: Cool. So Yeah, worth checking out. Um, one thing I forgot, normally when I do the beginning bit of the show, I ask what you're drinking and then I say what I'm drinking. So I didn't do it this week, but I'm drinking. And I want to know if you know what, I, what it is. So I'm drinking orange squash. If I say orange squash, you being in America, does that mean anything to you?
2: Orange squash. Is that like we have a drink that's kind of like a carbonated orange beverage called I don't even want to say it because there's a couple different pronunciations of it. But there's a popular orange carbonated beverage that is like drinking watered down orange juice with bubbles.
1: No, you see, that's a, that's something I was I just think it's funny that in the UK, orange squash is kind of orange cordial where you just get this super concentrated like orange drink and it's flat and you mix it with water. And that's what we all, and that's what we all drink as kids. It's like, I'm just drinking water. We have that. And it's like sometimes you can get sugar free ones. But when we were kids, it was just sugar. Basically,
2: we have something. I mean, we have something to pretty come in like that. That's a pre-mix in Sunny D. That was like the beverage that everyone drank when I was a kid. Yeah. It's it's like almost orange juice, but it's not.
1: it's probably similar to that but watered down a lot more than sunny d and yeah i think like orange cordial and what you're saying it's like i was like what do you kids drink what did you drink as kids it's like we all drank that you got a big bottle of that and you mixed it with water and you know, that was the way it works <laughs> I, I was talking to one of my one of our, my other guests recently and that's what she was drinking and it inspired me to be like, oh yeah i should drink for that for an episode and ask some of the american guests if they have any idea what i'm talking about
2: is it good like is it yeah it's,
1: yeah it's just like it's great it's like you just, it's just flavored water but it's like you know just something to make it a bit more interesting which when you're a kid is what you would drink <laughs> so, you know you wouldn't just drink water but have a little like orange flavoring in there and you'll have it and but you can get you you just have it with different fruit flavors any fruit basically you know black currant apple pear orange like mango all these different ones that you can get and it's just a staple of british childhood
2: yeah <laughs> I had no idea. I'll there have to I, I might have to to see if I can track that down and give it a try. <laughs>
1: there you go. I like what there's always this exchange of like we all talk the same language but we talk it differently. <laughs> and not when you talk to different people on the show. Okay, let's, let's crack on with the actual like point of why we're here. Pick number three. Who's number three in your horse women?
2: Okay. So I wanted somebody who was going to stand apart, um, who was gonna offer something a little different. And I specifically wanted a Joshi wrestler. Um And I was trying to think of somebody who maybe was currently working, who would give me what I wanted. Um, Okay, so basically I was trying to find someone who wasn't Asuka to like serve in an Asuka role. And then I was like, why don't I just pick Asuka? Um, And so that's my third pick. Uh, I like the idea of having someone with her kind of energy and um, her ability and flexibility to go face and heel um, to be in a what is so far a fairly like polished looking um, veteran veterans stable. She definitely is more on the veteran side in that she's been working for a long time. Um, she is a star, like she's a, like guess of the four women in my group. She is arguably the one that is the most famous uh, as far as wrestlers go. Um, but I I just really like the idea of having her in this kind of as a maybe like a, a bright contrast to our more like workhorses of Mercedes and Sarah,
1: she's definitely a star. It's interesting, yes. like, and I think mean, when you look at Aska, like, you could even say she's like an enforcer in some ways. When you look at the classic roles of like the horse horsemen and like horse women, because she's so badass.
2: <laughs> yeah. And- but she also has the ability, she is such a badass, and she could be a really great enforcer. And I think she also has the Ric Flair ability of being a personality, even though she is, I mean, even though she obviously doesn't have his like, his form of flashiness, I think that she herself can provide a like bright contrast um, that is very performative and very. Uh, very noticeable like I think that she can be a star she can be this like uh, the like I don't want to say face as in as a good guy but like she can be a a bigger star of this faction
1: oh yeah totally She, I mean she's amazing I'm a big fan um what is there any particular first memory do you, you think of when it comes to her And any matches with, like if someone's never watched an Asuka match what is the one they should see
2: hmm that's a really good question um she, when she was working as Kana, there's a real, there's a lot of really great matches to go back to, to, um, to when I'm trying to think of the years, cause I always get them mixed up in my brain. Um, 2015 was probably a, like her biggest year. That was right before I want to say like, yeah, right before she got signed. So if you want to go back and find her matches, um, for wave, um, she did a lot of matches as Kana for wave. Um, where else did she work? I mean, her wave matches are really like where it's at. Um, trying to find—I know mm-hmm. I can. Uh, there's JWP. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much any any Japanese promotion that had her working there in 2015 or 2014 is worth finding those matches. Um, find find Kana matches first, just to kind of give you an offset to to what she was doing as Asuka, and then her run in NXT, basically from from 2016 onwards, like is more worth catching
1: um as someone who's seen a lot of her earlier matches do you think it's true that people like Asuka, when they come to the we have sl- had not that she's not chosen so but she's always had to slow down for the style and just to sort of make it work
2: i think so uh, she definitely works a different style i mean she would do occasional matches at, for us indies like shimmer and like Chikara, and There is a great match, actually, to talk about one of my other picks, like, there is a great match for Chikara uh, between her and Sarah Del Rey, and they are working at an exhausting rate. Um, You don't really see that in her early time in NXT, again, like, against most of her competitors. Um, She definitely had to kind of, I wouldn't say bring her style down, necessarily, because she was working against a lot of fairly talented women, but she definitely had to adjust her style to fit a wwe product i don't think it was her competitors i think it was the wwe style that she had to adjust to that's
1: a fair point and i mean she's doing such good work now and what i love about her is like yeah she's a badass she can do comedy but at, and at the moment it's just like everything she does is just pure entertainment
0: yes just yeah really
1: work
2: she has um, I'm always fascinated by people who fascinated and just just in awe of people who are who whose English is their second language and who manage to be very funny or very um, just engaging in a language that is not their native tongue. Because if that's the case, like if she can be this funny and this disengaging with, at, that English is her second language, like when she's speaking Japanese, she just must be a riot, like she must be an absolute riot. And I I love being able to see her work in so many different facets, even in WWE, which is fairly, can be pretty limiting for its women's to like its women's roster members. They can kind of pigeonhole you and kind of stick you in a position and kind of keep you there. Asuka's not really been stuck that way. I say they have they undercut her a little bit by having her lose in various ways over the past couple of years, but as personality wise, they've let her kind of do a lot of interesting things that they don't normally let their women's roster members do.
1: Yeah. She's definitely a unique member of that roster. Go with that. Um, What period would you take her from for this group? Are we talking, there's three clear eras of like pre NXT, the NXT undefeated run and her more recent work.
2: Um, I would probably actually, surprisingly enough, I think I might go with her like early NXT, like 2016 NXT. There's just so many good matches from that period. Um, matches that she had against ember moon during that period i i always really liked her work against ember moon who who works slower but has more power because she's mm-hmm. kind of more physically imposing so it's always interesting to see her from her work in that period like especially yeah against bigger competitors like like ember moon like nia Jax. um so yeah i don't would say 2016 nxt asuka you could you could definitely work with i would either choose that or maybe or honestly maybe asuka now because I like the energy she's got right now, and I like that she's—I wouldn't even—I, I wouldn't say that she's not a veteran, but I'd say that she has enough years now where she's kind of in this in-between point. You'll know, kind of see where I mean when I when I give you my fourth pick because I wanted to have kind of a bridge between my veterans and my rookie. Yeah. Okay. So I've
1: got to put you on the spot 2016 or 2020. Mm, 2016. 2016, we're going with. I mean, you can't really go wrong no matter who you, which way you pick, sort of with no. Asuka. And they like say what I love about Asuka, like and the point you made there is an amazing performance. Some of it puts on good matches with a variety of different opponents in terms of size, skill, and like um, I guess you know experience. And Asuka's clearly done that. It's a great pick. Okay. Um, fourth pick. So I think we know we're getting more of a rookie for your fourth spot, which is the classic like lineup when you're doing a stable, anyway. So who do we have yes. for number four?
2: Yeah. Of course, I wanted to have somebody who is kind of like the junior, and um, I picked for my fourth member, Chris Statlander, who I have loved since um I first saw her back in 2018, and in the brief, she's been in, she's been wrestling for three years, three years. Wow. Realize. And, yeah, three years and she has come so insanely far in three years, but even in her second year, when before she was signed to AEW, when she was working in the Indies and building her name there, um, I don't think I had seen a, a woman make such an impact in various independents in such a short period of time. It went from first seeing her to like hearing her name or reading her name all over the place. And Especially the stuff she did right before she got signed with AEW, I really loved what she was doing in like like middle of 2019 because she was starting to do a lot more matches that were showcasing. Um, she has a she has a gymnastics background, so she has like a like kind of a gymnast understanding of the ring, and that comes in handy, especially since she is she may have a gymnastics background but she's built a little bigger than a or broader than a than a gymnast typically is so combining that flexibility and that agility with power is fantastic it's just a like a fantastic combination but then middle of 2019 she started doing a lot more um, hardcore matches death deathmatch style matches and wow like i so when i was thinking of trying to have to incorporate a newer talent in this i also wanted to have somebody who might be able to provide a like harder edge or like a, a wild card option and uh yeah so that's that's who i picked
1: it was so i know chris strattlander mainly from AEW tv and i'm like okay she's i'm not fully but I, I appreciate it's a bit of a different act but i'm not fully buying into the way she had the, the presentation they'd done with her but I had no idea she was only three years into her career and I had no idea that she'd really done hardcore death matches so yeah that she impressive. so if
2: yeah like if you are someone who's only seen her with like her work in AEW you really have only seen like a fraction of what she can do uh, there's two matches from 2019 I really really highly recommend people check out if they want to see her do a more hardcore style and that is she did a match against Nick Gage early on into beyond wrestling's uncharted territory season two i think i forget what episode it was but it was pretty early into the season um she did a match against nick gage and that was absolutely fantastic um really really brutal and then she did a match towards the end of november 2019 she did a match with limitless that was the end of a feud with ashley vox and it was a Ashley Vox is like a sea creature, and Chris Atlander is an alien, so the nickname for the match was Last Creature Standing Match, and it is awesome. It's intense all the way through. Both women really, really go, go hard. Ashley would be another pick I'd have for a for a more, like a newer talent to include in this, but yeah, if you want to see her do a more, Chris Atlander do a more hardcore style, that's what I'd recommend right away.
1: I need to see more beyond wrestling to be honest. I it's not so easy to get in the UK. It's not the easiest thing to sort of find, but yeah. I don't, like there's so many good matches coming from that company. And that's where yeah.
2: that's where Chris really became a became an independent star. I mean, she's worked a lot of different independents, but um she worked like AAW in Chicago, she's worked Limitless, she's worked all over, but um, her time and beyond really really is like, I think what built her reputation and what got her noticed. I mean, you see that with a lot of the AEW signings. They are beyond has kind of become their like uh, default uh, unofficial farm league uh, because they keep signing people who, who are having massive runs it, at beyond. Um, and Chris, that was definitely one of them. And they, because beyond doesn't have a women's division, they just have, they just have men and women compete for the like one or two titles that there are, um, I think they actually, yeah, come to think of, it, I think there's only the one independent wrestling title. I don't even think they have their own title. Um, They, they allow their men and women to wrestle pretty much anyone on the roster. So you get to see Chris against a lot of different competitors, both men and women
1: um impressive like to hear it i'm gonna definitely look up a bit more um i guess she's it's harder to talk about her legacy when we talked about her key matches and why you like her i think um and it's more of like the stuff that people maybe aren't aware of is why she's really sort of on this list um in terms of where she is now it's obviously i'm guessing we're picking her from now because she's just evolving but i guess you're you're, you're hoping she's going to have an amazing couple of years ahead of her it sounds like
2: yeah i mean she just had a major injury and so she's gonna have some work to do to come back from that because she'll require surgery and rehabbing from that but that is sad as it is to say like that's kind of like a big benchmark milestone for a lot of wrestlers right like they get their first big like surgery needing injury and when they come back oftentimes it can It can change their style in one way or another. For Chris, I hope that it doesn't take anything away from her, like from her current abilities. I do hope that maybe in her time of rehabilitation, she can also, um, she can end up working. I don't know how to put this. Uh, I hope that maybe she can incorporate other elements into her wrestling that we haven't seen yet, maybe more technical stuff. Um, but, I I really look forward to seeing what she can do, because in just three years of time, I think that she's evolved incredibly well, Um, going from going from wrestling in a fairly standard, but like um, promising style to like killing it, no matter if she's in like a more traditional style match or a death match or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I just feel like I feel like it's a really early point in her career, so she can only really go up from here.
1: Cool. And I'm guessing that we're picking her from now, I would imagine, in terms of. Yeah. I
2: mean, yeah. there's not really I don't know if I would say like there's an era, right? Like, yeah. I could go, yeah. like End of 2019, Chris Allen or so. Maybe it's before this injury. But, you know, I don't want to cherry pick like that. I feel like when you're only three years in your career, you got to take someone as they are
1: definitely so to confirm the four horse women we've got here we've got mercedes martinez from 2020 as leader she's got the right-hand woman of sarah del rey from 2012 then we have Asuka from 2016 and you've got your rookie of chris strutlander from 2020 it's a great little group last question on it does one of these women turn on the other or do they always stay together or do they have any sort of manager or additional things going on there
2: Think so far as a manager, because I've got two veterans like kind of holding this this fort down. so I, I didn't really think about a manager in that way, but I did think about the idea of someone turning or like you know um abandoning them for another factor starting their own. And I guess you could always say that that is the the uh, that is kind of the domain of the rookie that they eventually like outgrow and outshine the people that they are taking directions from. But to me, I feel like Oscar always presents an option for a wild card, so um to me it would be if someone in this defects it's going to be Asuka and it's going to be you know in fantastic style as usual
1: yeah I can imagine I mean when you have strong personalities like that it, you you can imagine like straight away if it was an actual group yeah they get along for a certain while, but eventually they ruffle feathers and it's just like one of them has to end up deciding no this is not for me or I want to be the leader and I could definitely see Asuka be in that one where it's like I could kill all of you I'm leaving <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. And Asuka, I think as far as her dynamics go, seems to be somebody who like ultimately will default to relying on herself or maybe one other tag partner versus like, you know, responding and uh, falling in line with a with a group of people.
1: Yeah, I agree. Great. Thank you. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap this one up?
2: No, this has Great. been a lot of fun. It was really fun to kind of muse about who i would put together now and i i look forward to hearing everyone else's suggestions
1: yeah it's been it's been great to have you on um when this is all done i'm going to put out everyone's four picks and i think one of my guests has suggested they all need to fight and we'll have to <laughs> see what people <laughs> think would be the if this was a real group who would actually win and like just sort of imagine that just imagine this happening if we're in faction we're in like the world of like women's fractions just happening like this it'd be quite cool
2: oh my god it'd be amazing We need
1: that. Great. Well, thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you.
0: Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, and I'm sending out a big shout-out of congratulations to everyone involved with the publication of Women Love Wrestling. Uh, As far as I know, this is the first book dedicated solely to the love, appreciation of women's wrestling, wrestling and wrestlers. There have been other books about individual wrestlers, but nothing that I know of that encompasses this uh, huge scope and shows this type of enthusiasm for the art of female professional wrestling. Wishing you all the best and also very grateful that a portion of the proceeds are going to do rain and another really great uh, organization that benefits um, uh, women's causes. Keep up the great work. And all the best to you with the publication of this fine book, getting five-star reviews left and right, right there on Amazon. Have a nice day.